You are listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Care. Visit me online at www.pastlifelady.com. Connect with me on YouTube at Past Life Lady or on my Facebook fan page at Past Life Lady. The Healing Arts Program is not intended as a substitute for consultation with a licensed medical or mental health professional. The listener should regularly consult a physician or mental health professional in matters relating to his or her health, and particularly with respect to any symptoms that may require diagnosis or medical attention. This program provides content related to educational, medical, and psychological topics. As such, listening to the program implies your acceptance of this disclaimer. Hey, my dear friends, and welcome to another episode of Healing Arts. So I'm thrilled today to have my friend Shanda Parkinson on the show. She's got a a fabulous book called Meditations for Psychic Development, Practical Exercises to Awaken Your Sixth Sense. And it's from my wonderful publisher, Llewellyn Worldwide. Shanda, welcome to Healing Arts. Thank you. I'm super happy to be with you. Thank you. I'm, I'm so happy to have you. I really enjoyed your book. Um, you have said a lot within those pages that I really resonate with. Um, but before we get into all that, tell us, I, I'm just so curious, how did you first realize that you were psychic and how did you first get on the path? Yeah, this is um, a classic story, really pretty classic story of hitting a very solid spiritual awakening in my early 20s um, with the passing of loved ones. And so I had just moved to Boston. I was going to graduate school. I was broke. I, you know, I was exploring, trying to figure out who I was. Boom, boom, boom. Three family members died right in a row. And within months, I was kind of in this tailspin of grief. And it, I would say it just absolutely sparked my own awakening and my desire to learn and explore what happens to us when we leave this planet. And, you know, growing up in a really small town in the middle of the Midwest, very Christian upbringing. It wasn't, it's not that that didn't bring me comfort, but I, you know, I had big needs, big questions, needed big answers. And so I was kind of throwing everything at the wall to see what would stick in terms of what I believed and what I, I needed really was just to understand or recognize, realize in my own way that their, their spirits and souls would live on. And I wasn't finding that in a traditional church setting. So I stumbled upon a Christian spiritualist temple in Boston when I was there. Mm. And just out of plain, pure curiosity, I went to just an evening of spirit communication and heard from a great aunt of mine. And I was pretty dumbfounded. Uh, by the whole experience, just it really kind of rocked me. And it felt like home, you know, Mm -hmm. in a really odd sort of way, 
like I was kind of skeptical going into the experience, but at the same time, something felt really oddly comforting and familiar about the whole process. And that just set me on this quest. Um, what is this? Do I have it in myself? What, what are all these abilities? And, uh, you know, I, I will be honest, I don't really anticipate, I didn't really anticipate at the time that I would be doing anything with psychic skills or abilities, <laughs> uh, because I was, I was just so curious about it all. But um, a friend of mine uh, did an astrology reading for me um, gosh, I want to say that was the early 2000s. And she said, you have psychic gifts. It's in your chart. I see it here. I suspect at some point you'll be doing something with those. If you decide you want to do something with those, um, here's how to get started. And she handed me a deck of tarot cards. You know, it was like one thing sort of led to the next, to the next, to the next. And as it, you know, any spiritual, um, journey goes you try this until you're kind of led to the next thing and then you open the door to the next thing and for me it was very much the same very much the same as you know a lot of a lot of other folks that experience their own spiritual awakening i um i have to say to be perfectly honest i held all of it at an, an arm's length especially when i realized that um that I could see things and sense things and know things, um, it made me very uncomfortable for a long time. And, and eventually I grew more comfortable with the encouragement of some wonderful mentors, uh, including my husband who had also kind of simultaneously came onto his own psychic path. <laughs> um, our paths were like parallel ships in the night you know it was very interesting um and so the eventually the demand just grew so strong for um for my services at the time again i wasn't really taking any of it seriously i had a very strong career path as an arts administrator i was very set on that path super stubborn taurus moon kicking in saying no 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 <laughs> you're, you're not gonna do that thing you're you've got this whole path this you know what you went to school for and paid all, all kinds of money and student loans for you're going to <laughs> you're going to stay on this path and and yeah let's just say spirit had other plans for me and um i finally feel like i at some point just surrendered to it and i guess the rest is history so when you um well, suffice to say, um, I just want to say my heart goes out to you for the loss that you experienced. Oh. And I definitely understand how those kinds of huge life events can change yeah. someone's life who is trying to be normal. Thank you. Um, so I hear you. That's, <laughs> I'll, let's just put it. That's the yeah. Cliff's notes. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. And I guess I was curious. Obviously, that jump started you. But when you were a kid, did you sense that you had these gifts as well? And did you no. push them away or no? Nope. Nope, nope. I, you know, I, I don't really fall into that category. Um, I was an extremely imaginative child. I, you know, in that sense, I always had, it wasn't unusual for me to have imaginary friends and to, I would play for hours alone and I would have yes. these amazing places and um, stories concocted and all these characters and everything. 
Um, and, and so I was super imaginative, but when I get asked that question, I think about it and I'm like, you know, I think maybe I knew things at the time that other people didn't know, but I thought it was normal, but I wasn't like getting visited by, by, uh, by spirits or anything that I can remember, you know, um, I just don't remember that this really, none of this occurred to me as a a possibility or it didn't enter my awareness or my consciousness until I was in my early twenties. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So you mentioned your husband. So yes. Troy is a medium now. Yes. Yes. And in your yep. book, you talk about the fact that we can, you, you list a lot of different tools that all of us yep. can choose from or experiment with. And you've mentioned that yours are astrology and using mm -hmm. the tarot. So so are you also a medium too? And, yeah. and what is your house like? We want to hear about <laughs> this power couple. I mean, this must be a fascinating life that the two it of you is have so for yourselves. We sometimes just sit and scratch our heads, you know, like, wow, how did we get here? I mean, his background <laughs> is also the arts, you know, in film and television production. And how did we suddenly twist and turn our way here? Um, fascinating fascinating and so yes my my focus is definitely astrology and tarot but there's also mediumship it's inevitable it it, yeah. it does come in that i will be on a, a session with someone and and suddenly i'll sense an ancestor on other side of the family coming forward or wow i'm getting a friend that is deceased um coming forward to <clears throat> give you their little rah-rah speech um, to help support you and inspire you in your life. Um, so yeah, I do um, get messages like that. Um, but my, I think my forte is really helping people get super clear about where the barriers are in their life, um, whether it be relationships, profession, purpose, career, you know, where are the barriers? How can I uh, transmute that energy, work with that energy, overcome that energy? Um, giving spiritual practices a boost um you know so i guess we're not really allowed to call ourselves this because it's i don't know it's not really super ethical but a spiritual counselor would probably be um the closest thing we're going to go in deep to wherever these and then i use my psychic abilities to bring information that can help this person something might be in the blinders something might be um you know that they're not aware of that might be dangling and hanging around that can help provide some shape and remove the barriers and so on and so forth. Um, Troy is, he's very hardcore mediumship, evidential mediumship. So he doesn't work in the same capacity that I do. If you want to hear from Grandpa Joe or you want to have a connection with, um, you know, um, a lost child or a family member or a friend, he will give you the laundry list of evidence of what they look like, what they talk like, what they, you know, ate, what their hobbies were, you know, he's very specific in the evidential mediumship realm. And so very, very, very different uh, skill sets. But yeah, it is interesting <laughs> being in a household like this. Um, though with three children, also all very intuitive and you know um you're busy many, yeah we're busy <laughs> and so we're like normal people but 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 we also don't let each other get away with a whole lot i mean because you can <laughs> feel and intuit and there's just it makes relationship dynamics really really interesting um let's just put it that way we we do have 
a, a lot of conversations uh, with our kids about what they're what they're sensing, what they're seeing about dream interpretation. My middle child is going through puberty right now. It's drumming up lots of dreams and lots of visions and lots of things. And what do they mean? And what it, you know? So, I think my my kids are um, definitely have definitely sort of um, naturally blossomed into their own gifts and abilities um, just by the nature of being and living in our home and being around the conversations but we don't also make a big deal out of it you know it's just like this is normal everybody has gifts and abilities you know how everybody does it's just different for everyone and so to normalize it is really um, it's really fun and it's also really healing yeah, I think it's really awesome that your kids can just be around that naturally. And then, it, then when they do have insights that somebody isn't saying, well, that's, you know, not things that we discuss or things like that, which is how a lot of people were raised, yeah. I would say. So I think that's fantastic. So speaking along those lines in the book, you, you do say that all of us can develop these abilities. Do you think that some are better than others? Or do you think all of us have the ability to develop our intuitive gifts? Oh, well, certainly. I mean, um, I always com I compare it as an analogy to like basketball with Michael Jordan. Not everybody's Michael Jordan, but guess what? If you're on the amateur team and you work it like a muscle, you can eventually get to that place too. I think we all have the capacity to develop and get good. It's, exerc it's exercising your muscle. It's deciphering what your gifts are, how you receive, um, primarily, you know, the clairs, what clairs are you work with your natural strengths and gifts, um, rather than kind of rowing upstream, trying to, to, to be something that you're not start with what you are and, and then let it blossom and expand from there. But yeah, I think that I, I don't know what in particular necessarily causes someone to be super quick and on with their psychic gifts and abilities, you know, right away versus somebody that takes a little bit of time to, to but I just, that's why I work with people one-on-one. -on -one. I just had decided at a certain point that a group environment was not necessarily for everyone. And I insisted on working with people at their own pace and their own way to come to these, <clears throat> the awareness of what their gifts are and to shape them um, and to not get discouraged um, because I was that person who went to the group classes and got really discouraged and overwhelmed and like, oh, I, this is, I guess I'm really not as, as psychic or talented as I thought I was, right? And it can really be that moment of really super discouraging uh, mixed messages. And so I, I, do, I do believe everybody has gifts and abilities and especially if your natural curiosity is drawing you towards that kind of development because people are like, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of interested, but should I be doing this? Is it a calling? And it's like, you will absolutely know without <laughs> a shadow of a doubt, if this is something you're supposed to be focusing on, don't overthink it. You know, let your, your, your gut instinct kind of guide you in that direction. But anyway, 
Yeah. It's hitting you on the head again and again, eventually, maybe, (laughs) you know, I finally got the clue or something. Right. Um, I guess that's the other thing. Yeah. That I really liked. It's something it's, it's along the same lines of how I speak to my clients as well is that, you know, we show up to the meditation class or to the spiritual class and there's that always that person in the room they've seen a technicolor unicorn galloping across the horizon and you're thinking wait a minute I didn't get that what's going on here I must be not doing this right and yeah this idea in your book which you do so well is just encouraging people that we all have different ways that we're doing this and the reality is that there isn't one that's better than the other it's just different yeah and like you said, embrace what the strengths are and, and just go with it. Well, and I think there was another motivation for this book all along, which I didn't realize until I was like midway into the, the writing process. Um, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm an extroverted introvert, right? So I'm, I'm extroverted when I need to be, you know, because I love working with people and serving people. You've got to have a little bit of that but I'm very introverted. And so when I'm doing a process, like when I'm diving into my own skills and abilities, I want, I want plenty of outlets and ways to do that without having to leave my house. You know, I want to be in my cocoon by my altar, by my bed, you know, wherever I am that I, that I feel the, the safest and in my own zone. And And so from the very beginning, for me, the avenue or the outlet was always meditation. It was Mm -hmm. meditation. I just, um, I I guess you could say it kind of maybe spirit trained me. Um, Looking back and in hindsight, they were the ones that were guiding that process. Um, uh, Or I just leaned on it by default and worked really hard to figure out my own process. Back then, we didn't have uh social media and internet technology driving this field you know so early 2000s was like uh good luck here's some books hopefully you can figure it out and i just didn't want others to have that experience and also if you don't feel like you want to leave your house you can still get a lot out of your own personal exploration and development um even if you decide you never want to do any of this for anyone, it still benefits, you know, still benefits you, still heals you. Absolutely. I I think you've made another good point, which is um, it's been brought to the forefront during the pandemic. I mean, obviously, because we've had to go into our own spaces. Right. And I, I've definitely thrived in this environment because you talk in, again, in the book about different types of abilities and those who are real sensitive to the energies of others. And when we're in our own space, it, for me, it's been very supportive for me. I know it's not how everyone is, but I think that um, I've talked to some people who are like, yeah, it's time. The introverts are finally coming out because yeah, I've, I've always been an extrovert, but you know, you do have to, to to create things. You do have to kind of go off by yourself, you know? So um, I agree with you. That's been another interesting thing about this time period that we have. And like you said, there's so many resources online now that people can explore these things. So the other thing I wanted to ask or, or comment on that you make very clear right up front is about journaling and why that is so important to the spiritual path. So you could, because I agree. And would you talk about 
why you recommend journals to yeah. people during the processes. Yeah, I know it's kind of a, it's a cliched thing. You know, we all, all, all of the spiritual teachers want you to have a journal and do journaling. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. You're, you want me to have homework and to do the thing. No, it's really, it's really not <laughs> just about giving you something to do to keep you busy. It's about um, what you notice and patterns over time. And so if you're setting the conditions for in place for your abilities to grow and thrive and expand and and you're going to have experiences more frequently um, as you kind of align yourself with your own receiving mechanisms and so you want to be prepared for that because for a period of time it seems as if <clears throat> spirit works with us just there's sort of um, they're fixing the engine or they're oiling the engine and they're trying to get all the parts in place and they're trying to get your your vehicle working really soundly and smoothly and and so in the meantime you're going to have stuff happen spontaneously even sometimes and so there is oftentimes a pattern that is detectable that you can notice over time like everything that has shaped the way that I work with people right now was developed what from what I noticed over time, what I observed over time and how things were coming from me. Like you don't start as a psychic having it all figured out. You have to have some wiggle room for, um, for mistakes and errors and judgment and, oh, well, I thought this was that, but no, it's really this. And it gets tweaked and refined over time. And so those journals, especially in the beginning, are critical, I think, um, for any person developing these kinds of abilities or any healing abilities, you know, whatever, to keep yourself a log that you can reflect back on because also it's very isolative. And so if you don't have anything to look back on, like as validation that something's happening, it's very easy to get discouraged. And those emotional spaces we don't talk about often enough where those emotional conundrums can snag us from time to time and and our, our nasty negative voices and our heads are telling us we're not good enough and we're not this enough and it's like no go back to your journal remember that thing that happened right. <laughs> something's happening it's 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 actually real um and keep going what's next you know to kind of drive you know i think that that developing psychic gifts is one part natural ability and one part discipline and a willingness to play and have fun and not take it too seriously, you know, for a while. Um, I think that's really important. Yeah, I definitely agree with not taking ourselves too seriously. We've got to have some fun out here. <laughs> um, and I really love all of your meditations. You've got meditations that are gradually just opening the seeker to different levels of experience. And one of the ones that I thought was very um, important that is potentially underplayed in society right now is grounding <laughs> why we need grounding, even though it seems counterintuitive, but talk about the importance of why we have to be grounded if we want to be psychic. I just oh my that was gosh, totally. Well, I mean, for a lot of reasons, if you think about if you think about the energy body, first of all, we're not just a human body, we also have an energy body. And there's a lot of parts and flying pieces that um, we 
need to create kind of somewhat of a systematic uh, format for working with our gifts. And if, if we're not grounding ourselves, obviously what can tend to happen is, is that it's very hard to get focused back in your human body and to do the things you need to do. Oh my gosh, where are my keys? How forgetful do I get? If I forget, if I forget to ground and I, I will fully admit that that is not a religious, you know, sometimes I hop onto readings and then I regret it because I come back and I'm foggy and I'm fuzzy or I have a headache energy headaches, you know, so grounding really roots, keeps you here solid so that when you come back from wherever you go to gather information or healing or whatever is needed for the person you're working with or for these practices in general, you are here, you're rooted, you're solid, and you don't necessarily have to experience um, many of the side effects. So the side effects of doing this work just like include an energy hangover or again, like I said, feeling spacey, I'm being unable to focus. Um, I don't know many people that have the luxury of that. And so um, I just think that it's a really healthy way to approach a practice. So that's kind of my perspective or I guess what I've learned <laughs> yeah. personally, yeah. Yeah, I've had to learn that one the hard way for sure. Um, definitely, <laughs> to say the least. So it so, is helpful. It's for amazing. sure. So have to remind ourselves. However, you ground doesn't matter. Meditate, great. I, I choose meditation because I know I can do it anywhere. But I also have a rock garden. Sometimes just going and sitting there and holding a rock is very grounding. Putting my feet on the ground and doing some earthing is also very. I mean, there's create your way. You know, it's also like, it's very versatile. You decide what you want to do, what inspires you, what works for you. Um, but yeah, grounding is very important. Absolutely. And you mm -hmm. talk a lot about um, there's activations for the third eye or opening and expansions mm -hmm. of the third eye. Don't you think there's sometimes with people who are trying to learn psychic development yep. that they're so obsessed with that third yes. eye that yes. they forget some of the other areas that we need to co concentrate on. And you kind of talk about that. We have to be knowing this is a journey. It's not yep. somewhere we've arrived to after a nanosecond. So I was just wondering <laughs> if you could speak to some of those things that you discussed. Well, I also just so practical in the way that I approach everything and I break it all down to very brass tacks like we're not doing a ton of woo -woo things in the beginning you're just focusing on the process creating a method that you can be disciplined and I feel like there is this interesting misperception that the goal in opening your third eye of course is enlightenment and it's a very spiritual concept that can be extremely hard to grasp what I feel is beneficial for psychic development is giving yourself the opportunity to activate. It's almost like giving your third eye a little massage or some attention and TLC and giving it that chance to go to the next level, whatever the next level will be. But I wouldn't wish a complete third eye opening on anyone because I think that that can be very very harsh kind of the reality of that and can create some disorientation um, 
we're not really seeking that. That's not the ultimate goal. Um, and I, I feel that that can get, again, it's, it's my own perspective. It's my own philosophy. We are looking to like, peel the layers of the onion. That is our third eye. You know what I mean? And then you get to the core and then you keep, you keep, then you keep expanding your, your gifts, your natural gifts. And it, that that's, it's just part of the expansion. So to me, activation of the third eye is definitely a component, but it is not the ultimate focus. And it happens anyways, when you're in psychic development, it's going to happen. You, you'll notice it happens when you suddenly see or experience something maybe new that you haven't before. Um, but the third eye is also not just associated with our inner vision. It's also the thing that allows us to tune in and, and gather information, whether it be through our feelings, through our whatever sixth sense capacities we have. And so the third eye isn't a just, just about your ability to see. It's about your ability to sense, to know, to feel, to and to respond to intuitive and psychic experiences. And so, um, yeah, so I, I think you're right. You pinpointed something that was very, very important that's been on my mind a lot lately, um, which is obviously highlighted in the book as well, that you wanna go, go, at, go at a pace that feels comfortable for you and slow down if you need to. You know, if it's too much, back off, it's okay. It's not gonna go anywhere. I remember a client one time was like, you know, I just, I'm not, I haven't been working my spiritual practices. I feel like my psychic gifts are going away now, you know, or, or it's not working anymore. It's like, ah, no, I think you need to just remember that it's like riding a bike. You don't really forget these things don't really go anywhere, but sometimes you need a lull, you need a pause, you need a break because it's like any exercise routine, you have to rest. And that resting period doesn't mean that anything is going anywhere. It's just gives yourself a chance to kind of regroup. So. Yeah. I think that everybody wants everything right now. And I and know, we, you know, we are that kind of a society. And then we also, I think, um, get really attached to the way we feel things are supposed to show up or what we're expecting that doesn't always show up exactly the way we foresaw them, but that doesn't mean they're not valid either, you know? That is so true. I think you just said the one thing that is like one of the most important for anybody embarking on this journey is to go in with humility and also know that uh, you have to let go of expectations from get the get go. And that's, that's the best way to approach it. Um, you will save yourself so much confusion and angst if you can be present to what's actually happening versus what you're wanting to happen. Um, I wanted to be like Troy. I wanted to be the medium that got the long laundry list of evidence. I mean, who doesn't want that, right? I mean, I wanted it all. And then at a certain point, a mentor just said, listen, you're not Troy. So you're gonna have to get over that right away. Um, and, or you're not going to step into who you are, and who your what your gifts are. And so it really was that humble pie piece of humble pie to just take a deep breath, step back, try a different approach. You know, it's a lot of trial and error. I think 
um, with this process. It can be helped by working with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, you know, as a mentor. Um, it can also just be assisted and aided by keeping a sense of perspective about the whole process, you know, and staying enthusiastic about the exploration. That's the fun, magical part when you don't really know what's going to happen it can also be very, very exciting. Yeah, and sometimes things turn out better than we can even imagine, really, if we just open to what's going to happen, it, it might exceed all expectations. That is so true. Oh my gosh, exceeding expectations. <laughs> yes, Even better. That's what we hope Even for. Better. Yeah. Yes. Why not? <laughs> so you had sent over some questions, and one of them was talking about the fact that you might like to give some confessions <laughs> to work as a psychic that you've never shared before. I could not resist. So, are you willing to give any of these confessions to us today? Yes. Inquiring uh, minds want to know. Yes. 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 Um. I will, I, I have to admit that um, the number one confession that's really hard for me to, to swallow, but to say anyway, is that I was ridiculously skeptical um, from the very beginning of all of this. I was so skeptical. I have to confess, I did not have a very good opinion of this field or the people in it. Um, that is really hard for me to admit. Um, the second confession, which is kind of a, a really fun and endearing confession, is that um, uh, Troy, when we moved back from the East Coast, he had already kind of stepped in in 2000 to his own gifts and abilities. He had stepped in in a big way there. He was doing groups and presentations and all sorts of things. We moved back to North Dakota and he, he said, um, it was like, you're going to, you've got to kind of carry on your work as a medium. I'll set up some sessions for you. And he said, no, no, I, you know, I'm good. Nobody's going to, nobody's going to want that here. Going from a big, you know, from the East Coast, coming all the way back to a small town in the Midwest, he was going to just hang it up. And I didn't allow it. I, I made coffee and cookies. I had people coming over to the house and I put them on the spot and I'd say, you're going to do some readings tonight. I'm not going to let you let go of this gift. Ultimately, obviously, he loved it, but he was very, very um, gun shy about doing his work here. And I was definitely the force behind him <laughs> continuing. So those are two kind of interesting things that I don't think I've ever told anybody. Oh, goody. We're so excited. <laughs> now, I want to say about your skepticism, though. I mean, to me, that's what makes your work more valid. You know, I mean, if it's tell been me so, about it, if it's been so skeptical for you yeah. and yet you've come over to yeah. this way of thinking, I mean, to mm -hmm. me, that's more validity mm -hmm. for you. It's and wild. It's wild. I guess all of us, you mentioned it even yourself earlier. I think everyone who steps into this kind of strange career path um, is going to have <laughs> some apprehension from time to time. You had your own, you helped Troy with his. Um, I've certainly had mine. And I think, like you said, you just have to press forward and move into the direction that you're being guided. So I commend you both for that. And I'm Thank glad he you. had you there to, uh, to um, assist. But I, you yeah. know, it's so interesting. After going to different parts of the country over the last 20 years that I've been doing this, it is sometimes shocking. Some of these smaller towns, 
you know, they are more into it than you think. Yep. Just because and we're not talking to is, our next door neighbor about it yep. does not mean we are not actually yeah. more into it than we were in the big city. That was actually proven. That was actually proven. Once he, uh, you know, we hit the green light and just started doing groups and all of a sudden the floodgates just opened and it was like, oh my gosh, this community is super hungry. And you are correct. I, that is another great tidbit for people is don't assume anything ever about the people around you and what they might um, think or believe about any of this. Um, give it a chance. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Shandra, it's been a complete joy to speak with you. Thank I love you. your book. Thank you. Um, friends, if you go out to shandaparkinson.com, you can see her event schedule and her and Troy have some gallery readings coming up. They look very exciting. And you're mentoring and coaching. Um, just wishing yes. you puns Thank of you. joy and success. Thank you so much. And happiness. It was great to meet you. Thanks for having me here. It's my pleasure. All right, friends, we've done it again. Another episode of Healing Arts. So we'll have the links below. I hope you will check out the new book. And I will see you next time on Healing Arts. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to Healing Arts with Dr. Shelley Kerr. Visit me online at pastlifelady.com or on YouTube at pastlifelady or connect with me on Facebook at pastlifelady.com.